You're listening to the Viva La Mami podcast, a podcast about all things motherhood. I'm your host, Jessica Cuevas. I am a mother of one on a mission to redefine the meaning of motherhood as a first-generation, bilingual, and bicultural Latina mommy. Regardless if we feel like a failure from time to time, or if we succeeded with the little things in our motherhood journey, it is important to celebrate all of these experiences as madres. So bring your cafecito as I invite you to be a part of this space and create raw and honest conversations about the exciting and challenging parts of being a mommy. Ahora, vámonos. Hola, hola, amiga. Today we have Gisela Rodriguez, who is mi prima slash tía, whichever way you want to define it, but basically she is a prima hermana of my mom, although she's a couple years younger than me. But I had the pleasure of interviewing her not too long ago about her experience as a NICU mom. She is a mommy of a 15-month-old at the time of this recording, and she walks us through her experience, just kind of like the unexpected experiences that a mommy goes through having a child prematurely. At only 30 weeks pregnant, she delivered her baby. And so that's something that a lot of mommies don't ever, ever think about. And I really enjoyed having this conversation with her because not only does she walk us through her experience uh, during the last weeks of her pregnancy, but also how she leaned in for support and how she built this village and community of family members and staff at the NICU. And so I really enjoyed this conversation, but for anyone listening out there, if this information is triggering or if you haven't yet coped with having a premature baby or having a NICU baby, just trigger warning. If you don't feel comfortable, please, you can skip this episode. Otherwise, uh, feel free to listen. Again, this was a really good conversation that I had with her, and I hope that this can make meaning into understanding the nuances that happens to many parents who have a child that was born prematurely and what their lived experiences were in the NICU. So without further ado, here is my conversation with mi prima, Gisela Rodriguez. Hola, Gisela. ¿Cómo estás? Hello. Good. How are you? Good. good good it's so good to see you too yeah it's been so a long far time. yeah it has been a long time i know that my mom went over to y'all like maybe two weeks ago or something for your mom's birthday yes a week or two ago a week yeah. or two ago yeah I feel yeah like a month ago but yeah so for our listeners gisela and i are cousins or no like my mom and Technically, your mom my your mom and i are first cousins okay yes so, so you're technically my we're like Pia <laughs> and Sobrina. Yeah, but we grew up together and we're kind of like a couple years apart from each other. I'm a little older. Yeah. But yeah, we would definitely go to Wisconsin many times and we would stay over. Uh, oh my God. Those were the good times. And where your dad bringing Dunkin' Donuts every morning. <laughs> we would stay. Yeah, and we would have Topper's Pizza. Oh I God, still yeah. remember that. Yeah. yeah. The Hawaiian pizza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's good to to connect with you again because now, which is interesting, right? Like back then we would talk about telenovelas and oh act like them, like soñadoras. And now it's like, say. yeah. <laughs> or amigas iguales or... Yeah, yeah, 
that's right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. now we're talking about motherhood. Oh my so God. Yeah, which is nuts. So yeah, so can you tell me a little bit more about yourself, like where you grew up, you know, your family, and what do you currently do? So I mean, I was born in Mexico, but pretty much I was, you know, came here when I was four years old. So pretty much I don't really remember really anything from over there. I grew up in Whitewater, Wisconsin, pretty much until I was, what, 20, like three years old. And then I got married, moved to, you know, a different town and then bought a house. And now I live in Hawaii, Wisconsin, I guess, full-time medical assistant at an OBGYN office. And so I've been there for like six and a half years already. So full-time job, full-time mom, full-time <laughs> wife, <laughs> everything at once. I know. If only we can get paid for the other jobs oh we God. have, right? It's like my day off is like, wait, that was not a day off. <laughs> it was like everything you can't do during the week is, you know, your day off. But yes, yeah, those those things never stop. Yeah, they um, don't. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's kind of it, you know, just lots of work. That's about it. Yeah. No, that's great. And you do, you have a daughter, ¿verdad? Yeah. ¿Cuánto ya tiene? She's 15 months. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know? Wow, time flies. <laughs> and yes. So now she's yeah. a little, a little rebel. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely, I'm sure that she obviously has her personality and, oh my God. And yeah. toddlerhood is real. Like, oh my um, God. And I'm like, yeah. What's worse? Like when they're like, newborns or like when now she can walk you know yep yep it's it's gonna be a challenge like d he's cuánto tiene? well he's gonna be 22 months so he's yeah. close to two years and he's in that you know spike of like toddlerhood like the other yeah. day i like i love taking him to target and he loves going to target like that he knows that it's my favorite store yeah. And he wanted to walk around the store and I'm like, no, no puedes estar oh aquí, God. you know, yeah. like we have to put you in the in the cart. And he did a tantrum and it was like the first time that he cried out in public like that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is real. And I remember I would criticize other moms like just letting their kids cry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, snap. This is like, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's it's real, but it's also fun because, you yeah. know, not only do they have a personality, but también like they interact with you, they communicate mm -hmm. with you, you know, they're doing kind of things independently too. So it kind of leaves you just like to observe them and, and mm -hmm. kind of let them do their own things. So yeah. it's nice. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So I personally know your story um, mm -hmm. about, you know, your pregnancy and childbirth, but would you be willing to share with our listeners about your experience having a premature baby in the NICU? Yeah. So, oh, it's like, where do you start? You know, so pretty much my due date was September of 2021. Mm -hmm. I delivered in July of 2021. I mean, everything was, you know, going normal, you know, planned pregnancy, you know, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Not up until my like 20, I was maybe like 22 weeks or so that like, she was starting to measure a little bit smaller, which was, you know, initially it's like, okay, you know, it's fine. And then I was probably like 26 weeks or so, somewhere around there. And my doctor's like, mm, you're measuring like at 23 weeks, give or take. Interesting. So she's like, 
let's do an ultrasound. Also something, I don't know if you ever heard of it, it's called Dopplers. So pretty much mm-hmm. it's like an ultrasound and they measure, you know, the kind of like the the flow between your umbilical cord and the placenta. And, you know, that was like, the numbers were a little bit elevated, which means like, you know, the flow is there, but it's just not where it should be. But she's like, you know, it's still okay. I was like, all right. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to send you to the maternal fetal medicine, which are the high-risk pregnancy doctors in Rockford. And then I went there and then they're like, well, you know, you are measuring, you know, your baby's measuring really small. So we want to see you twice a week. And I was like, oh gosh, how am I going to do this? I live like 20, 15, 20 minutes away from Rockford. So it's really not that bad, but I was more like, okay, how is this going to work out with work? You know, like I work full time. Like, you know, I was already already stressing out, you know, how is this going to work out? But fortunately, you know, I work at an OBGYN office, so we are connected with Rockford. So we send our patients there, you know, all the time. So, you know, my doctor's like, okay, you know, you can see them once a week and you can see us once a week. I was like, all right, you know, that kind of works out. So, you know, I started seeing them, you know, they did what's like the non-stress test which, you know, they monitor the baby ultrasound with. So I would see them once a week and then my doctor once a week. And then I saw them one week and then the next week, you know, they're like, you know, your Dopplers are looking even more elevated. Not very good. So they decided to give me a steroid shot to help the baby, you know, with the lung development for the baby, just in case she came early, which at that point, they're like, probably going to have early delivery but at that point it's like you know we're just gonna monitor you know mm-hmm. so they gave me a steroid shot the next day at my job they gave me the the next jobs because it has to be 24 hours and that was like on a maybe like a Wednesday or something or Tuesday and then that week you know I had an appointment with Rockford because I, you know, I was seeing them once a week so then I was like you know that day I woke up in the morning and I was like I think it's just like wrong you know I couldn't sleep the whole night not because I wasn't comfortable it was just like just insomnia like I just could not sleep and then I remember Christian's like go to sleep and I'm like I can't like just something like I just cannot fall asleep so I finally like maybe like three in the morning I'm like you know what I'm just gonna go to the couch watch some tv see if I can fall asleep you know and then like at six in the morning I wake up and I was just super nauseous and I was like this is so weird because I've never been nauseous, like not even in the beginning of the pregnancy, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, this is weird, you know, and then I wake up, you know, from the couch and I just started shaking, like my hands would not stop. My legs were just like not stop shaking. And I was like, this is super weird, you know? And then like, at that point, I'm like, I didn't feel her move really at all, which she was so small that I never really felt her move much, you know? I think that's one of the things also like, I feel like I didn't get a full experience of pregnancy. Mm. Like, I, I don't really know what it was to like, oh my God, the baby moved, you know, or, you know, those later yeah. pregnancy things, which, you know, at one, at one point it could be like, okay, good, you didn't experience all of that. But then, you know, I, I kind of feel like I, I missed out on, I didn't never felt her move, you know, or saw any movement in my belly, you know, type of thing. Yeah. But kind of going back, you know, you know, that day I called labor and delivery and I'm like, I don't know. I just, I just feel like something is off, you know? So I'm like, okay, you know, just come in. And that was like at my regular doctor's, you know, office. Mm-hmm. So literally I remember I got to the lobby there. She starts moving. I don't feel nauseous. I feel like nothing ever happened. And I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to go home. 
They're like, no, are you like sure? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, I'm, I'm fully sure. You know, like I have an appointment later today at 11 in the morning with Rockford. Like, I really think I'm fine. And, you know, like we talk to labor and delivery all the time. So they're like, no, no, no. Like you should really stay, you know. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm fine, I'm fine, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's just, you know, new mom. You don't know what to expect or something. Right. Like, I think, okay, I'll just go home. You know, kind of embarrassed. Like, oh my God, I just like, I got here and then like nothing's wrong, you know. So then, you know, I just came back home and then, you know, Christian's like, you know, do I go with you to Rockford? I'm like, no, 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 just go home. I mean, go to work, you know, it's fine. She's going to go for an ultrasound. He's like, no, 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 you know what? He's like, I'll just go to work later. I'll go with you to your appointment to Rockford. So then I go to Rockford, you know, to my regular appointment. And then, you know, they start doing my fetal monitor test and, you know, that was fine. Mm-hmm. And then they started doing my ultrasound and then it was just like longer and longer. And the girl just kept scanning and scanning. And I, you know, like from having that OB experience, you know, I, I told her, are you doing a, what's called a bio, biophysical profile, which pretty much just checks like the breathing of the baby, how many times do they move, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So she's like, yeah, and, you know, they can't really tell you much, but mm-hmm. like at that having that experience, I'm like, I kind of know what you're doing. You knew. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, I'm doing a biophysical profile. And I'm like, okay, you know. And then, like, she didn't even do it, finish doing her ultrasound, and the doctor comes in. So she's like, Miss Rodriguez. <laughs> she's like, oh, things are not looking good. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, like, what is going on? You know, like, I was super scared, you know? And she's like, well, in the beginning, your Dopplers were elevated, which was fine. She's like, but now they're intermittently absent, which means, like, the flow is there, and then it stops. And then it continues, and then it stops. So, you know, that's not good. So she's like, I'm like, okay, so I'm like, not what, you know? She's like, well, we're going to have to leave you in the hospital for a couple of days, you know, observe things, you know? She's like, because it could go back to being normal, your Dopplers. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, freaking out, you know, calling work. Like, I can't go to work tomorrow. I don't even know when I'm going to go back to work, you know? So she's like, you know, if, if your Dopplers go back to normal, she's like, I'm comfortable enough with you going back to work, like on Monday or Tuesday. And then, you know life continues she's like but you're probably not gonna go past 37 weeks like you're gonna have to be in this at 37 she's like but if your dopplers are obviously absent then you need to deliver instantly or if they kind of stay the same you have to stay in the hospital until you deliver and i was like oh my god like wow what the heck you know so you know they're like okay you know, go over to labor and delivery and you know i go over there and the first thing they check is and it's like sky high and they had just checked it like when I got there, which was, it was a little bit higher than my normal, but it wasn't considered high. So I remember I get it there and it's like 189 over like 110. And I just kept telling them, I'm like, no, it's because I'm nervous. You know, you guys are obviously, you know, like telling me to go here. I'm super nervous. So they're like, okay, you know, just relax. You know, we'll recheck it again. And then like, obviously the more I was there, the more nervous I was getting, you know. And they just kept telling me, just trying to relax, just trying to relax. I even remember, like, I put on my phone, like, relaxing music. I had them turn the lights off. I was, like, trying to, like, get in my zone of, like, just relax, you know. Didn't work, you know. And they're like, you know, we're going to have to start an IV and we're going to have to start giving you medication to, you know, lower your blood pressure. Did nothing. So then I was, like, freaking out and even more, you know. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, like, calling my mom, like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I don't know what's going on. You know, Christian's like freaking out, you know. 
And then finally, after like, I don't know, they probably monitored my blood pressure for a couple hours. And then the neonatal doctor comes in. And she's like, all right, so we're going to deliver a 30-weeker. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what? And I'm like, no, I'm just here for observation. She's like, no, like, you're delivering today or tomorrow. And I'm like, like, I was just mind blown. Like, what are you talking about? Like, no, 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 you got this wrong. Like, I'm just here for observation. She's like, no. So she starts telling me everything. Like, okay, this is what happens when you deliver a 30-weeker. They're going to be probably intubated, you know, like, you're not going to be able to hold them you're not like nothing you know and I was like oh my god what is then you know and I'm like can you like give me like a moment here I literally told her I'm like I need a moment to like process this you know because then they were like gonna recheck my blood pressure I'm like no like no like it's gonna be even probably higher right now that you're you know telling me all this yeah and then you know she's like all right you know we'll give you a moment whatever and then the the OB doctor that was a hospitalist there, she comes in and she's like, do you want a vaginal delivery or do you want a C-section? I'm like, lady, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what my options are. Like, I don't even know right. what the safe is. I don't know what I should do. Like, I don't know, you know? So luckily I was able to call my doctor. Obviously she can't deliver me. She can't tell me what to do, you know? But I was just like, oh my God, you know, like this is going on, you know? And she's like, well, you know, like, Kind of whatever they tell you, you know, type of thing. So the doctor there, she checked me and I was actually already a centimeter dilated. And my cervix was already soft. So she's like, you're good to go for a vaginal delivery if you want to. And I was like, is that going to like stress the baby out? You know, like I had, you know, first time mom, like, I don't even know. I've never had an experience of this, you know. She's like, no, you know, nothing, you know, nothing's going to be stressing out the baby. If you want to go for vaginal delivery, then we'll just induce you. And I was like, mm-hmm. I guess I'll give it a try. You know, I'm like, I I didn't want to jump right into a C-section, you know, if I didn't have to. <laughs> right. But then at the same time, I was like, you know, a 30 weeker, like, I, you know, I just didn't know what to expect, you know. It helped me a little bit that I had that OB experience because mm-hmm. I work there and I kind of already know what happens. You know, I don't work in labor and delivery, but I work in the OBGYN clinic. So finally, you know, they started inducing me, you know, they break my water and then, you know, everything was fine. And then, you know, at the end, they're like, well, as long as your blood pressure doesn't like spike up again, then you can deliver this baby. And then the next day, like at 5 p.m., I delivered her. And it was, you know, it was like, it was such a like fast thing, I guess, that like, I guess in just in any delivery, regardless, like things just at the last minute just happen so fast. Yeah. You don't even know what happens, you know? But I remember like, I mean, I didn't even dilate to 10 because she was so small, you know? Mm. I probably got to like eight centimeters and like, I knew that she had to come out, you know? Yeah. So they're like, well, you're only eight, but like she is low enough where you can just, you know, I probably pushed for like five minutes. Like that was it. Like she was, she was tiny. I remember like, she came out and like I had zero emotion. Like I didn't say anything. I didn't like I it was just, just the shocker of like just seeing her so small. Like Christian didn't even get to cut the umbilical cord, like nothing. She was out. I just remember them like holding her up. They took her. Like 20 people were in the room from the Nike. They took her and like I I do remember that when she was born, she started crying. I'm like, okay, they're like, okay, you know, she started crying, like. 
she does not have to be intubated. So thankfully, you know, she wasn't intubated. But they were like, you know, it's not very common because most 30 weekers like have to be intubated because they just don't cry, you know. So I do remember that they're like, all right, she's crying, you know, like she, she's not going to be intubated. So I was like, oh, my God, like so relieved, you know. Yeah. But yeah, like I just remember like, you know, they, they kind of put her in like a bag, which she, <laughs> she reminded me of like the turkey when you put her in a bag, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, like I said, I don't I don't even know what happened, you know, because that Christian was like, what do I do? Like, do I stay with you or do I go with the baby? Because she had to go to a different floor, you know. And I'm like, just go with the baby. I'm like, we're going to all leave. Just, you know, I don't go with the baby, you know. So he, he's like, are you sure? He's like, he didn't know what to do either, you know. So he went to the other floor, was with the baby and stuff. But I mean, I mean, I just stayed there with the nurses. I'm like, all right, like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. You know, I don't know what's happening. You know, they're like, no, it's fine. You know? They're taking care of the baby. And it was like such a scary, like. I, it was just she was two pounds five ounces you know so she was mm-hmm. tiny tiny tiny, yeah. tiny. but it was it was very scary I delivered her on a Friday I didn't actually get to see her until Sunday like 11 p.m wow so that was very frustrating like because they had me on magnesium so okay. it makes you like it doesn't make you drowsy but like you don't like, you don't have full control of, like, your body in a way. So, like, mm-hmm. I couldn't get up to the bathroom by myself. I remember, like, my mom came afterwards and, like, I was eating and I was, like, am I even chewing my food? You know, like, it makes you feel, like, like, drowsy. Like, it's not you. Like, everything was just so weird. Like, the way it makes you feel your body hurt. Like, it was weird. But um, when you're in magnesium, they can't let you hold the baby because you don't, you know, your muscle, you don't have control of your muscles. Yeah. So that's why they they couldn't let me go see her. So I remember Christian was FaceTiming me, you know, from the other floor. And then that's how I got to see the baby, you know. But that was that was probably the hardest thing. It's like, yeah. you, know, you don't know what's going on. You don't know where your baby's at. You know, how is she doing? You know, so Christian got to see all that, you know. I didn't. But I guess he had like the, that other experience, you know, of, you know, seeing the baby, you know, really first before me you know in a way you know yeah he probably yeah like you felt like he got to bond with her first yeah yeah. you know then you You know because I was like it took me days to see her and I mean even like while I was in my floor he went over there to see her all the time you know so that was a little like I said I feel like I never really got a full pregnancy normal experience you know since Mm -hmm. the beginning everything was just super just weird yeah and how did you like now that you're talking about this and I'm sure that you have reflected on that experience like how did you cope with that you know with having a baby in such an unexpected time right a premature baby not getting to like you know have the the skin to skin kind of experience for the first hour or whatever you know how how have you coped I guess if if you have you know, and my mom tells me this all the time. She's like, I feel like you were very emotionless for a long time. You know, she's like, and you know, maybe I didn't realize it, you know, other than my mom telling me like, you know, months later, she's like, I didn't really feel like you like, not, like, como que, like, I didn't feel like I was a mom kind of in a way, you know, like, like, she's like, you didn't really 
say anything. You didn't really say how you felt. And I feel like I was just still on such a shock. Like, mm-hmm. I just couldn't believe what happened, you know? And in a way, like, that I think about it now, I feel like it's kind of, like, not jealous of those things. But, like, like I said, I still feel like I never got that real full experience, you know? Like, yeah. so that was probably, like, it took me a while to actually, like, okay, like, I am a mom, you know, type of thing. Because, like, you know, even I remember leaving the hospital, like, five days later, you know, because my blood pressure was so high. I remember we left and, like, we got to the garage and, like, Christian and I just, like, started bawling, you know? Because, like, like, you just had a baby and you just, you're not home with your baby, you know? Like, and it was just super weird. Like, okay, I would go to the hospital. Yes, I'm a mom. I have a baby. And then I would leave the hospital. And I'm like, okay, I'm back to the same as before I had a baby, you know, at home. Like, you don't have a baby at home, but you're a mom, you know, like. It was just very weird, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, like I said, it took me a long time to kind of, like, get that feeling of, like, okay, like, you are a mom (laughs) type of thing. You know, you are a parent. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure that it's, in in a way, like, in addition to, like, that shock and kind of, like, that resentment Mm -hmm. in a way that you have about, you know, not having a normal kind of, childbirth experience but mm-hmm. it's almost as if like you're in the adrenaline right like yeah. you have to kind of be in this moment mm-hmm. to make sure that your baby is well you know that mm-hmm. you are well and it's almost like you let those feelings not even get to you yet yeah 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 yeah, yeah so it was it's <laughs> sometimes I'm still like wait I have a child like <laughs> 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 then she starts crying and I'm like well yeah I have a child yeah, you definitely do. <laughs> That's a big reminder, especially you know? once, you know, she's like 18 months plus. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So how long was was she in the hospital? And, and can you kind of tell us a little bit about that experience? Kind yeah. Of men- you mentioned, you know, you were going back and forth. Yeah. So home and stuff. So like, obviously, you know, she she stayed there and, you know, I, I had the the first six weeks off, you know, totally off work, but still like. You know, we would go to the NICU every single day. You know, we were there for a couple hours. And then it was hard because then you're like, do I stay and sleep in the hospital? Do I come back home? You know, I tried staying there. But honestly, like, I didn't know what was worse. Like, Mm. going home to, like, I'm not home with my child to being in the hospital, hearing the alarms go off all night, all day. The nurses coming in multiple times, like. I was like, you know what? Like, I can't do this. Like, it's way too stressful. Like, in a way, like, I felt bad. Like, like, should I be staying in the hospital with my child 24-7? You know, you just don't know what to do, you know? And I, I told Christian, I was like, I can't do it. Like, I really cannot. Like, I'm not resting. Like, I, it's not like I'm sleeping here anyways, because, you know, like I said, alarms are going off. The nurses are coming in. She's crying, you know, this and that. So I was just like, you know what? I can't. We would just go, you know, every day, sometimes twice a day to the NICU. I did have the opportunity. They did have a camera. So I could watch her live, which, you know, sometimes was like, oh, it could have been worse because like sometimes I would watch her and like she's crying. And I'm like, oh, my child's crying and I'm not there, you know, or like, how long has she been crying for? You know, or, oh my God, you know, is she hurting? You know, this and that. Well, that was a little, I would try sometimes avoid going on the camera too much. 
because like there's sometimes like oh she's crying and nobody's there you know type of thing but you know once my six weeks were over I was like okay well now do I go back to work do I not go to work because like at that point like we didn't know how long she was gonna be there for which we know she was gonna be there long term we just didn't know how long so I was like you know I don't know what to do like I was just I was just so like confused and like what's the right thing to do what's not the right thing to do you know so I decided to work half days so I would go work in the mornings and then I would go home shower and then go straight to the NICU and between all that I was pumping <laughs> you know yeah. you know so I I didn't really get much milk supply one because you know obviously just your body wasn't even ready to start pumping milk you know and two, I just think my body just, I just didn't produce a lot of milk. So, but I did have the opportunity to pump some and then I would freeze it and then take it to the NICU. Because even in the NICU, like she would get like, I remember her very first feeding was like two milliliters. Yeah. You know, so it's like this tiny little mouth, you know, so for, for me, it was like perfect. Because I'm like, okay, I'm not really getting much, but <laughs> enough for her, you know. Right. And obviously they had to do a preemie formula with my breast milk. Mm. Because it was, regardless of how much milk I had, she needed the extra calories, you know. Mm. But yeah, it was it was really hard, like, you know, going to work, going to the NICU, coming back home at midnight, doing it all over again, pumping. And then, you know, it was the busiest time of the season for Christian. So that was super stressful on him too, you know. So then I, you know, I worked half days until the baby came home. And then once she came home, I only had a couple weeks left of my maternity leave. So I was fortunate enough to like, I had to request an extension. So at that point, I think I only had like, I think like five weeks left of my maternity leave. And I'm like, what am I going to do five weeks with a preemie home, you know? Right. So I did take some extra time. So that was, I was very lucky about that. But it was, it was very, very stressful. It was yeah, and then yeah. with COVID and like at that at that point you could only have two additional people come in to see her. Mm. Before COVID, you could have up to five. Like oh, up wow. to five people to go and see the baby without the parents being there. And during the cold COVID thing, only two people. So then it was like, okay, which two people do we choose? You know, everything. <laughs> so you know, we ended up choosing you know my mom and his mom. So you know, they were there as much as they could. Um, to go see the baby but it was hard you know on everybody else because everybody wanted to see the baby and um, you know it was we did a lot of facetiming so that was that was helpful yeah. Um, but yeah it was it was very very stressful trying to mm-hmm. balance you know life home work what's the right thing to do with the wrong is it right you know type of thing right so yeah it was hard. oh my gosh I can even imagine. I hope this isn't triggering for you right (laughs) now. But I think it's, yeah, thank you for sharing about your experience overall. We have this, these thoughts and even upbringing and, you know, just we we think that once we become pregnant, we think that everything's going to be the way that, yeah, Yeah. normal or whatever. And, And yeah, I think it's important for everyone to be just mindful that it can happen to you, to anybody, to anybody, verdad? Yeah. And yeah. so I think that you sharing, you know, kind of like your experience can mm-hmm. help many mommies who are either expecting or who had a similar experience mm-hmm. because 
even like in our community as Latinos, like I feel like there isn't much conversation about this or just like talking yeah. about the, you know, people's experiences on mm -hmm. what it was like. And mm -hmm. the fact that you were able to manage, you know, your job, going to the hospital, you know, obviously doing household related things, yeah. you know, and making sure that your husband is also well, like, I think it's it's a lot of load that you carry. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Considering all of that, what kind of support or type of support did you receive once, you know, she was born? Like, did you mm -hmm. get support from family or staff mm -hmm. at the hospital or different mm -hmm. support groups? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, like our family, my parents, you know, siblings, his family, they were all worried, calling us all the time, you know, how's the baby doing? Like I said, we did a lot of FaceTime, a lot of family members, because, you know, they were like, oh my God, we want to see the baby, you know, this and that, you know, and so we would do a lot of FaceTime at the hospital. Even our neighbor, oh my God, like, I'm like, this lady deserves like the neighbor award, you know? She would like, well, bring us food like twice a week. Like, oh my God, this lady, I'm like, gosh, like, bless her, you know, like, Cause I mean, like, like I said, I, there were so many times where like, okay, like we're eating on the way to the hospital, you know, like it's either I eat at home and spend less time with her at the hospital or eat on the way to the hospital. So I would say like 90% of the time we would eat on our way to the hospital, you know, cause like, like I said, we got home from work, showered, go, you know, it was like, you know, like I said, our neighbor would always bring us food and like, you know, we're eating on the way to the hospital, you know, whether it was fast food or, you know, food that we had, you know, my mom always cooked a lot of food and she brought us food. Christian's mom too, you know, like everybody helped us out a lot that way. With food was the biggest thing, you know, like cooking time, you know, that was like the time saver. I really, you know, she don't really think about food, you know, <laughs> but in reality is like, you know, I didn't have a lot of time to be cooking this through that so that was extremely helpful from everybody from the hospital I mean they you know were always like you know whatever you need you know I mean even at the hospital they had like you know breast pumps there if you didn't have one you know because not everybody could get one you could shower there you could sleep there you know they had toiletries there you know and sometimes they had like people would donate like food or snacks and we did that actually a couple times we took pizza in for like parents and we took pizza for staff we did that multiple times even like snacks from like sam's club i know my mom bought some for a couple times and we would just take boxes of snacks and left them there at the you know at the parent you know lobby my brother donated like i think like 30 like blankets for the the incubators because even when we were there like sometimes it'd be like okay like we're really low on like the little blankets that they would wrap their like little porchoncito with Mm -hmm. um, so my brother donated like 30 of those little blankets for the for the incubator but it's not till you're there that you kind of realize sometimes like you're fortunate when other parents you don't even know if they have money to eat do they not you know that's why you know we took pizza so many times you know like because you could see people there like oh my god somebody brought in pizza you know like you know it's late at night you know cafeteria is not open like I said, sometimes you don't know what people are going through. Like, did they lose your job? Did they not? You know? I'm like, we were fortunate enough to like, okay, like we have food, we have a house, you know, we have a car to come and see the baby in. I'm like, but there's people, there was literally people there who I remember seeing, like they wouldn't leave the hospital. You know, there's people that lived far away that couldn't leave. You know, it was either making the decision of I'm going back to wherever like Madison or something, you know, 
and or you're staying in the house with all the babies. Like I said, we were close enough where we could do that every day, but, you know, there was a ton of people there that probably couldn't do the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, but they were all very, very supportive there, you know, staff, doctors, you know, they came and rounded on babies like two to three times a day. And like, they were always like, okay, questions, you know, they were always very, you know, open to you asking, you know, questions, never, you know, it's, like I said, as a first time mom, as a first time NICU experience, you know, we had million questions every day you know but and I called all the time too you know they were always like if you ever want to call you know for updates you know go ahead so I would call sometimes in the mornings like okay like they're like okay you know we increased her feedings or you know she did this she did that you know type of thing so and I always remember feeling like oh my god am I one of those people that like calls too much you know (laughs) you know like I remember one time like I was watching her the camera and she was crying because her little pacifier came out and I remember feeling so embarrassed calling. And I was like, can you please go get her pacifier? Because <laughs> you like, she wants her pacifier. And she like came out of her mouth. And I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. But yeah, they never made it. You know, we always felt comfortable. That's good. So I never That's felt good. like we, our questions weren't answered or nothing. So yeah. I was very yeah. happy with that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Because especially in our community, we tend to just like, default to like these authoritative figures and then be okay with what we're told whatever they say yeah yeah and whatever they say you know hacemos preguntas so yeah and I'm glad that I mean not glad that this happened to you right but like (laughs) at least you like you mentioned like you have had experience with other parents in your work Mm -hmm. and even though yes it wasn't in a NICU setting or in a labor delivery setting like you at least have had, you know, that kind of exposure, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, know what to ask or what yeah. to seek out for. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was helpful too with the NICU because like, I, I was like, you know, there's a lot of parents that might not even understand what's going on. Yeah. You know, so I know Christian sometimes would be like, what does that mean? You know, or like, so that, you know, so sometimes I would explain things to him, but it was very helpful to have that experience Yeah. behind that, you know? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And kind of going back on like just like your overall experience did you ever feel like a sense of isolation with this like no um... not not really um I don't think I ever felt isolated or like felt I don't even know what's the word I don't know I guess I just always was like okay you know like having that medical you know background like Mm -hmm. it made me feel more comfortable you know it was hard because like nobody could see the baby you know other than you know both of our moms so in that aspect it was a little bit hard you know like I can't share it with many people you know because nobody comes here type of thing but I don't you know luckily I don't think we felt like isolated or anything like that I think it was just like it was so new for everybody in our family and everything that they all had questions too Uh, sometimes we had the answer sometimes we didn't but yeah no I don't think we ever really felt like like isolated like we couldn't ask anything like we couldn't any help type of thing because I remember asking my mom all the time I'm like oh my god can you like cook me this because like I just don't have some food in my fridge not because I can't you know not because I don't have money but because I don't have the time you know so I we just felt like a lot of support from everybody from our friends like friends also brought me food you know that's a thing you know like I said you don't think about food but that's the biggest time saver yeah it definitely adds a lot of the you know your time but also there's like this mental thing that you have to like 
you know kind of remind yourself and it's also survival like you need food in order order to live so yeah yeah no that's good that you had community porque I think with this being your first time and experience, mm-hmm. I'm glad that you had the support system with mm-hmm. you and it gives you perspective and it's even given me perspective that unfortunately there are so many families que no tienen, you know, familia yeah. or, yeah. you know, the resources. So thank yeah. you for sharing. I think I, I, I thought a lot about, and I remember talking to Christian once all the time, like we would always say to each other, like, how does a single parent go through this? Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's two of us. And it was so hard. I'm like, how does a single parent with or without kids do it? You know, like emotionally, physically, like it it was really hard. You know, like I'm like, I can't imagine like a single parent going through this, you know, like, you know, I was like, you know, we're fortunate. But I'm like, that always ran through the back of my mind. Like, how in the world does a single parent go through this, especially if they have other kids? Like, if they don't have family around here, do they not have all the help? They, you know, a lot of times, you know, like, I remember in the NICU, actually, because out of the whole two and a half months that she was there, we missed one day. That was it. And that day, I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm such a bad mom, you know, like, <laughs> thing. but, you know, they, you know, they did her little kind of surprise, you know baby welcoming I guess you would call it and they were all like you know just stay and relax here and I was like no I gotta go see my baby you know they're like it's fine you know you're just gonna miss one day you know like you'll go back tomorrow you know and I remember just like calling the hospital and I'm like I can't go today they're like it's fine you know like she's fine you know they're like you guys are actually one of the few parents that are here every single day mm-hmm. which I was like oh I thought all parents were here every single day you know like mm-hmm. at that moment I was like oh, I guess there aren't so many parents that go every single day, you know? And But, you know, now I'm like, if I were to have another kid and I go through the same thing again, like, I don't even know if I would be able to go every single day. Now you have a child, you know, like, who's going to watch this child for hours if you want to go to the NICU, you know, or it's either he goes or I go, you know, type of thing. So that always makes me, like, wonder, like, you know, we were fortunate, but other people, you know, like, I don't know, you know, I don't know yeah. what they're going through, you know. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, que no juzgar a la gente yeah. too. Yeah. Because, yeah, you're so right. Like, you you don't know their story. You don't know, yeah. you know, if they have difficulties or if they have another family to take care of. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. It gives perspective. Yeah. 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 So I did prepare some questions for you. And so. I think when it comes to our identity, you know, as Latinas mm-hmm. and being surrounded with all of our, you know, Mexican, Latino, yeah. you know, family members, like, did you ever kind of receive like weird <laughs> advice or just like things that kind of made you feel uncomfortable or upset? You know, I guess like what was the worst thing that you received from someone in response to, you know, like having a, a premature baby? You know, I think thankfully, I don't think really anything negative. Okay. I think it was more like the the questions like, why did this happen? You know, like, pero por qué? ¿Qué pasó? ¿Por qué? You know, like, I don't have that answer. Like, I don't know. Like, was it my body? Who knows? I mean, probably, but like, could I have controlled it? I don't know. You know, like. I think it was just more of the, but why? But why did it happen? I'm like, I 
don't know why it happened, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, other than that, I think we were pretty, you know, blessed and everything that I don't think we've really ever had like anything negative, you know, from that situation. Yeah. Um, I think more like now, maybe even more like, you know, you get advice from your mom, grandma, whatever. And then you hear like, you go on Google and you're like, no, but I shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> or like your pediatrician, like, no, you shouldn't do that. You know, it's, yeah, okay. yep. so it's like, what do I listen to? Like, how do I like not hurt their feelings? Like, no, I shouldn't do that. You know, or like, no, this is what we do now. Or, you know, the whole, you know, co-sleeping and, you know, they were thing. Like, no, you should really sleep with your baby. And, you know, isn't that? And you're like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> right. Know, but it was, I think it's just more of like running into that. Like, like, who do you listen to? Some things is like, okay, like, I know that's not right. But like, how do I tell them? Really? You know, that type of thing. So that I think just been like harder. But like I said, it's probably just like now, not so much from like just the NICU, but yeah, just as they're growing up. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And we'll definitely, we'll always get that advice. Oh, yeah. Always. <laughs> Pero no lo dicen con maldad. No, or, it's just what you know, they, you know, grew up with. And, right, right. Yeah. And it's an older generation, even though it's like one or two generations back. Pero yeah. también, like, you know, our moms grew up in a... Well, my mom technically grew up here, but mm-hmm. she definitely was influenced a lot with, like, the traditional things. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. you know, and, like, with your mom, like, you know, it's a different culture. It's a yeah. different country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's there's a lot of clash there, but I think it's just depending on what you feel comfortable, what we both mm-hmm. feel comfortable with in receiving mm-hmm. that advice and, you know, figure it out through the experts. <laughs> I always go through like my pediatrician, and, you know, Google yeah. sometimes doesn't help either. So, yeah, I think definitely leaning on to the professionals yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah, but it's good that you didn't receive kind of like a weird advice or kind of comments from people yeah um, no, about we having a pretty, new baby yeah, yeah no we were good. pretty fortunate you know yeah. not to run into those situations yeah yeah that's good yeah and so what would you advise people in our community when it comes to being a NICU mom you know patience <laughs> patience first of all I guess just kind of like being in the loop of things you know like like I said I would call for updates all the time mm-hmm. I guess I mean some sort of like knowledge about like okay like these things can happen you know like like I never in a million years thought that I was gonna go through that you know like I said I would see it at work all the time with my patients but like for me I was like never did it really cross my mind that I would go through that you know so I guess just in general like if you're pregnant whatever and you don't want to like think about everything that could happen to you you know but like obviously make sure you know Going to all your appointments, you know, just being in the loop of your pregnancy, asking the questions you got to write, you don't ask. I know I did have somebody that I knew that I saw on Facebook that she also had a preview baby. So, you know, like I, I remember messaging her, you know, and I was like, you know, I, I know what you're going through, you know, like always advocate for your baby. You know, if you have any questions, you know, make sure to answer, you know, ask any questions, you know, I'm like, don't feel afraid to ask questions. And I remember that specifically because I remember when the baby was in the NICU, I remember because, you know, she had a little tape in her face from the oxygen and everything. And I remember at one point I saw like in the side of her cheek where she had the tape, it was getting a little red. And I remember telling the nurse, I'm like, I think it's looking a little red. And she's like, mm, I think it's fine. She's like, but I'll keep an eye on it. And I remember that day she called me at night and she's like, just so you know, like 
her skin did blister under the tape. So she had to pull off the tape. And when she pulled off the tape, obviously, se abrió. And, you know, it was a whole, she had to have an IV for a week because that she got cellulitis in her face. She got a horrible infection. So I just remember, like I told, you know, the girl, I'm like, don't be afraid to advocate for your baby, to ask questions, to tell them what your concerns are, anything like that. So I guess kind of the biggest thing is don't be afraid to ask questions. Like I said, even like it's kind of intimidating when like five doctors coming around on your baby, you know, like, you know, everybody is rounding on these babies and, you know, you feel like obviously they're, you know, knowledge is above you. But, you know, I'm like, you know, don't don't be afraid to, you know, ask these questions. Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you for sharing that, because I think, yes, like there's all these medical professionals that are with your baby, you know, your baby's being monitored 24-7 in the NICU, fiddle, it's that mother intuition, verdad, mm-hmm. that you have mm-hmm. that there's something odd or off, like mm-hmm. definitely speak up about yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Because your your intuition was literally saying like, oh, there's something wrong with my daughter's yeah. cheek. Yeah. Mira lo que pasó. Yeah. 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 And I remember telling them afterwards, like, I wasn't mad at it. I was just remember like, I told her, <laughs> you know, type of thing. Like, I knew something was gonna happen, you know, type of thing. But, I mean, it's nobody's fault. I mean, it's, I, her skin was gonna. I mean, she had tape on her face for weeks, for months. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it, it was gonna happen probably at any point, you know. But, but eventually they had to like switch all the. They had to get like all this special tape for her and like prep her skin before they apply all these tapes and things like that. But yeah, I remember telling her like, just don't be afraid to ask. Just whatever you're feeling, just ask or say really to the nurses, you know. Definitely speak up. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I'm sure that many mommies will appreciate your your tips and it can also empower them, tambien, you know, to know that if something's off they have a voice they Mm -hmm. have and i think i like how you brought it that it's you know think about your baby advocate for your baby because Mm -hmm. it's true like they don't have a voice like they're so vulnerable they're you know very sensitive and Mm -hmm. and only you yourself knows you know you'll have that intuition or that feeling that gut feeling that Mm -hmm. something is off and then definitely speak up about it yeah 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 Yeah. i guess one other thing before i forget is probably one thing that changed I think once the baby was home, not so much from the hospital, but once she was home is I got the abuelita. So it's like, it's a sock that goes on their little feet that monitors their oxygen level and their heart rate. I feel like was the biggest peace of mind I've ever had. <laughs> and I don't know if it was like, honestly, like being so scared, probably from, you know, in the hospital, she has a monitor on, like, I mean, they're checking her oxygen they're checking her heartbeat like I remember multiple times when she was in the hospital her heart rate would just drop 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 which is pretty normal for preemies mm-hmm. um, because you know their their brain is not fully developed to signal you know between their heart and their brain you know that okay I should be breathing right now <laughs> type of thing so I don't know if it was just so much for being scared from hearing those alarms all the time but I mean just coming home like we had that sock on her and that was the biggest like peace of mind I could ever have because it was you know monitoring her heart rate her oxygen level more so because she was on oxygen probably until like two days before she came out of the hospital so she was on long-term oxygen if you're an anxious person maybe not 
Because <laughs> you don't want to be like staring at that monitor twenty four seven. But it's it's it was a very big help. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much. All right, so now I'm gonna shift over to my Viva la Mami motherhood questions that mm-hmm. I ask all my guests. And so the first question is, what still surprises you about being a mommy? Oh gosh, you never finished learning. <laughs> Every day I'm like, oh gosh, she's doing this, she's doing that. Yeah, I mean, just that, and you know. It's just something new every day. It really is. Like, it's just something new every day. Good and bad. <laughs> new habits they develop. And I'm like, where'd you learn that? <laughs> you know? Isn't that funny? Yeah, oh, it's yeah. so funny. Yeah. I know. I'm like, girl, I'm like, you can't even talk yet. And you're like talking back to me already. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, everything is just, it, it's a different thing every day. You learn something new every day. With your child, they learn probably something new about you every day too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a journey. It's yeah. a journey. Yeah. yeah. So you already shared this, but just in general, is there kind of one tip of advice that you have for a Latina mommy? Yeah, like I said, I guess, especially being like Latina, I guess, like more so like, like I said, like I didn't see many like Latino parents in the NICU. So at times, you know, like, like a lot of people could feel like they're under somebody else to ask questions, you know, like, or like, even like, I know I had like at least two patients recently who had preemie babies in the NICU. And I remember like, they came in for like their six week postpartum appointments. And I remember like, okay, like I can connect with you now, you know, type of thing. Like I've gone through this and they both didn't speak English, you know? So, I mean, I'm like, you know, I gave her the number to like call and, you know, like the the hospital interpreters, you know, I'm like, don't be afraid to call. They have an interpreter. Don't feel like you don't have the right to ask anything or like, oh my God, what if they're not going to understand what I have to say? Or like, what if they don't have an interpreter? I'm like, they always have an interpreter, whether it's in person, it's in phone, whatever the case may be, like, you know, that aspect, like, don't feel like you might be under... Even if it's like, you know, we're not, where I live, there's not many, like, Latino people, you know. And even more so, like, in Whitewater, if you remember, like, you know, there really wasn't many people there, you know. But yeah, don't don't be afraid to to ask or feel like under anybody else. And actually, in the NICU, they had, like, the readathon type of thing. And I remember asking the NICU, I'm like, do you have any books in Spanish? <laughs> and they're like, actually, we don't. She's like... I've never really had anybody ask us that question before, you know? I think she was more surprised than I was asking for a book in Spanish, even though, like, we speak English, you know? I was like, well, if you find any book in Spanish, like, can you give it to me, you know? Because, you know, we would read to the baby and stuff like that. But she was kind of shocked that I asked for a book in Spanish. Mm. And she's like, you know, she's like, I think I'm going to ask if we can get some books in Spanish, you know? So, yeah, you know, I was I was shocked that they didn't have any in Spanish. I'm like, there's Spanish-speaking patients here, you know. But she's like, yeah, I don't think anybody has asked us that question before. You know, or I don't know, it's like parents just felt like, oh, well, there's no book in Spanish. Well, I guess we have a book in Spanish. Right, right. Or they were afraid to ask. Yeah. Because they didn't see any, you know, Spanish books. Yeah. And look yeah. at you. You started this. So that's yeah. great. So yeah. I, I grew, yeah. She's like, yeah, she's like, I'm going to ask where they can get us some Spanish books in here. Yeah. And that's been that's one awesome. of my things, like one of my goals that I haven't met yet. But I do want to take them some books in Spanish here. You know, yeah. I just 
I mean, because we've like, when was it for? Might have been like a, was it around Christmas time last year? I don't remember, but you know, they they tell people like, if anybody wants to donate to the NICU, you're more than welcome to. So we actually donated like, oh my God, like 30 or 50 gift cards that we donated to the NICU. I think it was around Christmas time that we it's did that. Good. So, I mean, it was like an open public thing, but like I said, I still want to take my Spanish books in there. I just haven't gotten the, the chance to do that, but... But yeah, we, you know, every year they have anybody who wants to donate to the NICU can donate to the NICU. Yeah, well, let me know. I'd be happy to donate some Spanish yeah. books, you know, the ones that yeah. we've used with, with D, because, mm -hmm. yeah, it's really helpful. And and it's all about exposure también. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, even though you're in a hospital setting, like, it's also mm -hmm. important to bring a little bit of cultura or a little bit of home, yeah. Yeah. you know, to that space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. You know, it, it even gave me perspective that, yes, even though your childbirth, like your birthing experience wasn't what you hoped for, or that you mm -hmm. thought it would be, mm -hmm. you're at least making an impact. You know, mm -hmm. you have made an impact, whether it be the gift cards or your, your brother, mm -hmm. like your parents, you know, giving food or blankets. Mm -hmm. También now with you with mm -hmm. donating bilingual books, like mm -hmm. had you not had this experience, you would just not think about other yeah. parents. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And that is so impactful. Yeah. 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 So good for you. Yeah. We're going to meet that goal, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. No. And, and you will. And, uh, you yeah. know, you, you're also still a new mom, you know, you yeah. still have a, a little one but oh if that's something that you really want to do out of mm -hmm. the goodness of your heart i'm sure that mm -hmm. you know you'll you'll do it and oh yeah know that will <laughs> support you as well yeah so. yeah all righty so my last question is what is your meaning of madrehood oh gosh i guess one thing that i kind of feel sometimes a little bit guilty about you know is like you know don't compare your kid with somebody else you know mm. and i feel like i do that all the time because i'm like She's 15 months old. Like, she should be doing this, you know, or mm -hmm. she should be doing that. But, you know, I always have to remind myself, like, she's two and a half months, you know, still a little behind, you yeah. know, than most kids her age. That's one thing I have to learn how to, like, kind of stop doing a little bit. Like, you know, I see other kids, you know, kind of doing stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, she should be doing that, you know. And I'm like, okay, you know, she was a preemie. And I'm going to slow down. You know, she'll get there when she can. Mm -hmm. But just learning with your child, I guess. Having like again patience and just enjoying it. Uh, you know, it's it's very easy to get very frustrated with them. Mm -hmm. But I guess learning how to like, or, you know, like your parents are like, damn it, damn it. <laughs> you know, like, you're like, you're like, I don't know how to do anything, I guess. But you know, it's just you know, sometimes kids just need to get away from you and like they're you know throwing a tantrum or whatever, you know. They know they sometimes they just know how to make you push your button. Oh. Yes. Um, but it's just learning, learning what they want, you know, enjoying it. Like I said, not comparing your kid with somebody else. <laughs> and just loving it, I guess, mostly, you know, like it's it's your child. It's, you know, it's yours forever, regardless of what happens, <laughs> you know, and just enjoying the moment with it, you know, like just learning, learning from them, them learning from you and patience and just more, I think more than anything is just try and enjoy it, you know, whichever way, which of whatever situation and just loving every moment, really. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's mm -hmm. definitely, yeah, we've said it's a journey. It's a learning experience. Yeah. It's 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's never ending. You know, it's like (laughs) one thing you think you mastered at something, but then they go to the next thing. It's another challenge. So yeah, the patience piece is definitely important. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Gisela, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you sharing your story and, you know, opening up about your experience as a NICU mom, having mm-hmm. a preemie. She's beautiful. She's yeah. so cute. I haven't seen her in a while, so we should. <laughs> yeah, a troublemaker. So eager yeah. now. <laughs> I, I look at her and I'm like, gosh, like, I remember when she was like first in the incubator. I was like, oh my God, like, you just don't ever think it's ever going to like, yeah. you know, even go home. Like, I remember thinking like, when in the world are we going to go home, you know, like, super long days you know and everything but now I look at her and I'm like oh my god like she was just a tiny little thing you know and now she's like running around everywhere you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's great oh yeah yeah well felicidades I'm glad that things have gone well for you even Mm -hmm. though yes there were a couple bumps in the road I'm sure that this has even made you a stronger person and individual Mm -hmm. and again you know, even for me, even though I have not had this experience, I think it's helpful to know of like parents mm-hmm. who have had different experiences, porque mm-hmm. it's always important to to be mindful mm-hmm. and kind of be prepared, right? If if it were to happen and yeah. knowing who to reach out to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad that, you know, you've been kind of vo- vocal about it and you've also mm-hmm. been supporting other parents as well. Yeah. It takes a community and a village, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And even like I always I. You know, sometimes you like feel embarrassed, like I said, to like ask for help for whatever it is. But I feel like you just get to the point where you're like, I need help. You know, like, yeah. just really don't be afraid to like ask family, ask friends for help, whatever you need. You know, like I said, it was hard because I'm like, oh, my God, like, you know, you're asking for help. But it's like, you got to do it, you know, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to to ask for help more than anything. Because sometimes that's where, you know, things could get even, you know, worse or, you know. People go into like postpartum depression, you know, those kind of things, you know, like, I mean, I never went through that, but it can be very easy, you know, like I said, especially if like certain people don't help the help from family or even a significant other, you know, whoever. So just kind of, you know, always ask for help if you need it type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here again. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Viva La Mami podcast. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a review and write what episode really resonated with you. If you really loved it, share it on social media or with an amiga. As always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. Make sure to follow me at Viva La Mami on Instagram or visit VivaLaMami.com. Please note the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be replaced by your healthcare provider nor taken as professional advice.